Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. So good morning, everybody. So last week, we focused on who is Eva. Yep. And we defined Eva in so many different roles. Eva Mm -hmm. can be a mother, a wife, an author, a teacher. Um, She can be single. She can be a businesswoman. um, She can be an artist, a CEO. She can be defined in so many different ways. So this week, we're going to focus on the whole woman yes. and how Eva is able to balance all of those different roles. Yes. And oftentimes, I know there's been a debate over balance versus priority. Like, can you really balance everything, you know? And if I'm honest, no, we can't balance everything at once. I think the the key word to balancing things is knowing what your priorities are. So for instance, um, you may have certain seasons in your life where you have a big project going on. So that project is taking priority over some other things, you know, but I would speak to in general, there should be a regular hierarchy in your life as far as what's most important. And what's most important should always be your relationship with God, you know, secondly, your relationship with your spouse, if you have one, you know, thirdly, your relationship with your children. And I know that's controversial. That's very controversial. Feel free to chime in. Yes. And then fourth, after that, your ministry, if you're involved in your church or however you're serving other people, you know, um, and then your work, like your job job. And there's even controversy in that. Like, you know, should you put your work before ministry, you know, and then lastly, your hobbies. At least that's how I have, you know, been taught and what I have found to be true from my own personal life. But you tell me, do you have challenges on what your ultimate hierarchy is based on what I do have challenges. And over the time, I've had to do some readjustments Mm -hmm. in my life, Mm -hmm. make sure I was prioritizing God Mm -hmm. and my husband, Mm -hmm. my children, myself, making sure that 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 self part was probably the biggest challenge for me was making sure that I was spending time with Toya Mm -hmm. and not forgetting Mm -hmm. the things that I love and the things that make me feel like a whole woman. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I feel like I am a freaking superhero. You are. (laughs) You are. If y'all didn't know, she is. I feel like I am sometimes. And I'm like, that song like that. I am yep. yep. We are. It's all I in us. I feel like I am literally Anything you want done. Woman. And we I do think, it naturally. I think my husband <laughs> sometimes, I'm like, do you even understand? No. I am a superhero. <laughs> Not every woman can do all of these things. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but that's where I am. Yeah. No, that's real. And you, you bring up a great point. Self is important, too. So, I mean, I honestly would put that right below your relationship with God. And here's when I say hierarchy, I'm not saying one is more or less valuable than the other because they're all valuable, you know, but one, the one proceed that precedes it is needed in order to fuel the others, if that makes sense. So like God is at the top because he's needed for everything. Like 
I can't do anything without him. So I have to give him my number one time. And then self, I would put right below that because if we're not healthy, if we're not whole, then we can't pour into anybody else, you know, including our marriages, you know, which is why I put marriage above your children because you can't take care of your children properly if your marriage is not solid and you're not on one accord. Like, you just can't. And then once your children are grown up and out of the house, you know, who's your, do you know who your spouse is? You know, are y'all strangers? Have you just focused on getting these children taken care of? So that's why I have that order the way it is, because the one that precedes it is usually needed to fuel and nurture the other, you know. And it's so easy to get wrapped up into taking care of your household mm -hmm. and taking care of your spouse and mm -hmm. taking care of your children. It's all about the kids going to school, helping with homework, extracurricular activities, doing laundry, yeah. cooking, cleaning. Yeah. It's so easy to get wrapped up into all of those different things and forgetting to schedule in time for yourself yeah. and sometimes even forgetting to schedule in your devotion time with God. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God has called us all to reach our full potential. And in order to, to do that, we can't get caught up in the everyday routines of life. Absolutely. Just going through life. And, you know, I was thinking this morning when I die, what do I want my autobiography to say? Because mm. typically, a lot of times when you die, when you read... Um, like obituaries? Yeah, the mm -hmm. obituary, obituary, it normally says, you know, they were born on this day, mm -hmm. and then they got married on this mm -hmm. day, they had this many children, mm -hmm. they got sick on this day, and it grew worse, and then they passed away, and now we're here at the funeral. Mm -hmm. And... I don't want my story to be about I was married and I had kids and I was a teacher. I want to do something for God and make sure that I'm reaching my full potential Absolutely. because I think God has designed all of us to mm -hmm. be great. And you have to make sure you're devoting time out for God so that you can understand who you are and what you've been called to do in this world. It's true. And oftentimes people feel like, you know, gosh, if I spend time this much time with God, then it takes away from everything else. And you're right from a logical stance. But what I have found is when I really prioritize and make my time with God, the first thing that I do, it's like he gives me a roadmap for the day and I'm able to work efficiently to work smarter and not necessarily harder which allows you it's like unlocking that superpower that you're talking about Toya because it opens up all this capacity to do what's needed and essential in that moment without exerting as much effort as you would have if you'd gone in your own strength like it really it really is a superpower like when you're spending time with God he just opens up those doors and shows you what to focus on gives you the um, ideas that are needed gives you the solutions to whatever problems that you're dealing with I mean like literally helps you to get more done in a shorter amount of time so it actually benefits you you know instead of taking away from your time you know and that's how what I have to remind myself like you know my time with him is essential because I need him in order to get through the rest of this day whatever that day looks like what does your life look like when it becomes off balance 
Oh, okay. Well, my husband would probably say I get an attitude or a tootie, <laughs> as he likes to say. Somebody has a tootie. So <laughs> I'm irritable uh, when my life is off balance. I am frantic when my life is off balance. I am frustrated easily. Um, I am confused and clouded like my thought process is cloudy. I'm not seeing things clearly. I am um, doing and moving before I really think or speak or pray. Um, you know, so a lot of things are in disarray when I'm off balance. And sometimes I don't realize I'm off balance until I literally step back and say, okay, pause. Like, why are you so angry or pause? Why are you so frustrated or pause? Why did you just have an attitude? Like, why are you arguing? Whatever. And it's when I take those moments, just step back. Usually it's like, oh, cause you ain't holler at God today. Like you ain't talk to your boy. Like what's going on? Like, so really I, I have to remind myself like, it's okay. Like step back. Even when I hit a wall, like I could, I could be considered in balance and being super productive and then I hit a wall where I'm like gosh I can't figure this out or I don't know how this is going to get done or you know somebody can't do something that I expected them to do or what have you if I just take a beat if I step back if I say okay let me move on to something else or you know let me pray about it or let me come back to it it's usually in that moment that God either removes the obstacle or gives me a solution on how to get around it but I have to remind myself like take a minute like step back so, yeah, that was a long answer to your question, but <laughs> it could look a little crazy. How does your well, life look? <laughs> for me, when my life gets, a, you know, all out of sorts, I'm definitely much like you. I have an attitude. <laughs> I have to say, I know I, I'm moody. Um, I'm fussing at my kids yeah. over silly stuff. And I, and I sometimes have to apologize mm -hmm. to them like, oh, my mm -hmm. gosh, you know, I'm yelling at them for something that, you know, is minute. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely get an attitude and I'm not a happy person to be around. And I, I'm thinking of a time in my life when my life was not balanced. And I would say when I was working at a traditional school okay. and I was coaching volleyball mm -hmm. and I think I was pregnant with my second child, Everything was just too much wow. for me. Yeah. Oh, actually, it came after after I had Layla. I okay. was trying to be everything. I was the head coach. I was working a full time job at a mm. traditional school, and yeah. everybody was pulling at me from all different angles. And I, I even at one point had a little bit of the postpartum depression because I was doing everything. Yeah. And not giving myself a break, mm -hmm. not giving myself time to relax and enjoy life. Um, so that's that. That's me when thank, when I'm off balance. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that. I want I want to stay on this piece that you mentioned about postpartum depression for a minute because I feel like a lot of moms, or at least I know of a lot of moms that have experienced that and have almost experienced a shame or a guilt when it comes to expressing whether or not they have it because they're thinking, okay, here I am, you know, we're blessed with this bundle of joy and I'm sad or I'm not, you know, in a good place and I don't want to seem ungrateful. I don't want to seem like, you know, how, how, first of all, did you navigate that and how were you able to even acknowledge it to yourself and to others that that was some of what you were dealing with? Well, 
I think Ryan pointed out, like, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. Why are you so unhappy? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Yeah. And I had to really reflect on myself mm-hmm. and my attitude and my feelings of being sad. And other people would be like, why, why aren't you happy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really articulate yeah. what was wrong. And I ended up seeing a therapist. Okay. And that really helped me to talk through everything and really get my feelings out and help me. And she helped me mm-hmm. think of how to reprioritize my life. Yeah. And to take some things off of my plate mm-hmm. and do some readjustment. And that was so beneficial for me because it taught me number one I had to effectively communicate to Ryan what was going on and what he could do to help because I was doing everything especially if you're a nursing mom and your and your baby only mm-hmm. nurses you're her you know 24 hour cafeteria so (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're literally tired all the time yeah and that that in itself is very stressful and so i had to communicate to him where i needed him Mm -hmm. to help Mm -hmm. like hey i'm pumping too Mm -hmm. so why don't you you know give her a a bottle let's alternate Mm -hmm. different nights so that i can get a little Mm -hmm. rest sometimes too because i work a full-time job just like you yeah but i'm the one that has to get up all these different times in the middle of the night i need rest too so you have to kind of share this load and we really work through that time and our life and he stepped up mm-hmm. um as as a father and he helped more mm-hmm. with the housework and more with the cleaning and mm-hmm. the cooking where it didn't feel like I had to do yeah. everything but you really have to communicate with your spouse that hey I need help yeah <laughs> and this is not working yeah this is why I have a funky attitude because mm-hmm. I'm tired that's key I'm tired mm. and and they don't they don't know unless you open your mouth and you tell them exactly. this is what's going on. Yeah. This is where you can help me. Yeah. And so that's how I kind of navigated through that portion mm-hmm. of my life. And then when the third one came, Mariah, <laughs> everything seemed so much smoother, oh, so much easier good. because yeah. we learned how to do it. It was good. it was like a routine like, okay, all right, let's alternate. Yeah. I got this night. You got this night. You can sleep in on Saturday. Yeah. You can sleep in tomorrow. We were balancing. Yeah. It's more of a partnership, and it wasn't mm-hmm. one person does everything. That's amazing. that does not work, yeah. especially when you have more than one kid. Well, even one kid. Mm-hmm. One person can't do everything. Yeah. But we have three, mm-hmm. so it, it has to be a partnership. Yeah. Y'all are outnumbered at this point. Very <laughs> outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you. No, I commend you, first of all, for being courageous enough to identify what you were dealing with, communicate what you were dealing with, and then do something about it. Like, that's key, huge. And the communication piece, oh, my gosh, that that is a whole, it could be a whole conversation or a whole episode in and of itself. But what you talk about as far as communicating what you need and where you need help is huge. Um, definitely in marriage. I mean, I will say that, you know, as someone without children, like, we have to communicate like okay hey can you own this aspect of the household responsibilities and when I say own it I mean like consistently not just (laughs) oh this week I need help like but like if the trash is overflowing 
then we know whose responsibility that is. Or if the oil needs to be changed in the car, then we know whose responsibility that is. If there are dishes in the sink, then we know whose responsibility that is. Like we have certain aspects of the house that we have communicated to one another actively, not when we were angry, not when we were frustrated, but like when we were having a nice chill day, like, hey, let's talk about who can handle what consistently. Um, When you do that and you're not in argument mode, it helps so much because you are preparing basically proactively for when those moments come and not acting out of your emotions, you know? So communication is key and that carries over, you know, it carries over to your children. If they're old enough to have household responsibilities, they need a conversation too. Okay. Your room needs to be clean. Your homework needs to be done on a such, you know, such, this is your schedule. This is your routine. This is your regimen. Like communication is so important, even on your job, you know, whether you, you have a superior or you are the superior like communicating what those expectations are it makes all the difference like all the difference so we could we could talk about communication forever but it it just really is important especially when you're talking about work life balance because first of all you have to be able to look at yourself and say okay why am i off balance what areas do i need help in and then the next step is actively communicating where you need that help and here's where i have the challenge i have the challenge with enforcing those boundaries because i could say i I need help in a certain area but if I see it's not getting done I might do it <laughs> just honestly but I either have to and you know and I have there was a season in my life I used to a good friend and I you used to always use the phrase well let the ball drop if you have to let the ball drop then let the ball drop in order to maintain your own sanity and prove hey I'm not gonna always be there to fix it and clean it you know so enforcing those boundaries for me is huge like sticking to what i said and 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 um you know adhering to what we agreed upon um especially when it comes to stepping back and not doing it i'm like okay all right so yeah that's a huge one communication so what does a typical day in life look like for you now Maya wow now it actually um it looks pretty different I I would say I usually step back and actually Chris and I which is DJ Jeremiah's real name in case y'all were wondering but Chris and I will step back and we'll look at okay what do we have going on this week you know what events um what activities what's going on and right now we share a car so we really have to strategize on okay what day do you need the car what day do I need the car but all that to say we look at we look at the whole week basically and then from that stance we map it out but I would say each week for me the goal is to get in at least three days of working out um you know depending on my work schedule I thank god I have a flexible work schedule where if there are some days I need to work from home I will but I look at the days that I have to be in the office I look at the days that I have to be off-site at different venues or sites or stores what have you um and so all that to say I'm looking at all of that and then mapping it out according to that so for instance this week and I and I will say the beginning of my week probably I try to cram as much at the beginning of the week as possible because I know as the week progresses it's going to get busier it's going to get more chaotic and because of that I need to personally give myself more grace and I say that because 
you know, I have a type A personality where I try to, you know, this should be done by this time. And from this time to, to this time, this is going to happen. And, you know, sometimes it works out that way, but sometimes it doesn't. So I work out wiggle room where, you know, I'm not thrown if something doesn't go the way it's supposed to go you know but all that to say the beginning of the week for me is a little more busier than the latter part of the week so like monday tuesday wednesday i'm usually getting up uh between five and six to work out and make sure that i have some type of physical activity you know and then i'm having my quiet time because i want to hone in and i do it in that order for me personally because if i did my quiet time first i'd probably go to sleep if i'm honest <laughs> I'd be like, and then the Lord said. <laughs> so I usually work out first just to get my blood pumping and take my shower. And then after that, I'm like, okay, God, let's lay out the day, you know, and I'll usually spend some time with him. And I, one of um, the devotional that I have been reading and I've, gosh, this has got to be like my fifth year going through it. But every year I get something different from it is Jesus calling. You know, I love Jesus calling. Like I feel like every day speaks specifically to me and it reminds me to remain dependent on God. So I will usually do my Jesus calling devotion. Uh, we're actually going through and actually we're going through it too. You guys are going through it too. The um, Bible in 365 days. So we'll do that um, devotion, you know, um, and kind of compare notes or what have you. So I will make sure that I'm spending time with God. I'm, I also do, um, a weekly Bible study called BSF, um, Bible study fellowship. And so, um, I may do some of that work, what have you, but all that to say, I'll usually spend time with God after I've worked out and then, you know, get ready for the day. And I'm usually in the office between eight and 9am. Now that's late for some people. So I, this is just how I do it. You know, some people, if you have to be in the office super early, then maybe you work out at night, you know what I'm saying? Or after you get off work, what have you, you know? So all that to say, um, I, I try to, that's usually how my morning is. And then by the time I get off work, um, whatever I'm working on personally, like I have, you know, my 40 for 40 list. So if I'm writing something, if I'm researching something, you know, then I'll work on that time, you know, have a little bit of download time, dinner, prep for the next day. Preparation, oh my gosh, is so key. Like literally, we um in in the Dawson we call our household Dawsonville, but in Dawsonville Sundays are really sacred for us. You know they're sacred because it's usually the only time that we can have undivided attention on one another. But so it's kind of like our date day, if you will. But it's also a prep day for us. So you know if it's um, doing laundry and laying out clothes for the next week, if it's going shopping and preparing meals for the next week, like. Food prep is key, especially if you have health and wellness or um, food and exercise goals, because if my meals aren't prepped, then I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat when I'm hungry instead of what I brought with me and what I know is right there in front of me ready to go. So I spend a lot of time prepping on Sundays. And then if what I don't get to on Sundays, because I prep our lunch and dinners for the week. Um, and then breakfast, we kind of on our own free for all, but, or I might do like a big pot of like oatmeal or something like that. But all that to say, um, I try to prep as much as I can on Sundays. And then what I don't get to on Sundays, I finish prepping on Mondays, Monday nights. So if it's our dinners or lunch for, you know, what have you. So, um, that's usually how the front end of my week looks. By the time I get to Thursday and Friday, I've usually run into some hiccups, which I'm giving myself grace on. And those could be hiccups on my job where a project may be taking more time than I intended. So I'm devoting more time to it or I'm working off site 
late, so I have to travel longer distances, you know, or there just may be something crazy going on with our schedules. So I'm usually giving myself more grace by the time Thursday and Friday come so that I have room for those unexpectancies, if you will, which is why I try to get in my three workouts at the beginning of the week. And then usually on the weekends, I'll try to do like a hike or a walk or something, something more fun and something more leisurely, but still is active. So that's kind of how my day in the life, week in the life, if you will, looks. But um, we, we always step back first and say, okay, what does this upcoming week look like and how can we plan accordingly? What about you? For me, a day in the life of Latoya Moore. Well, first, it starts off with a calendar. Mm -hmm. Similar to you, we have a family calendar. Yes. And it's usually mapped out for at least six months mm -hmm. at a time. We map map out the days that I have to go into the office, the days that I have to travel, days that he has to travel, days that the kids are out of school for mm -hmm. like winter break, spring break. When I am off for those different breaks, um, we have to map map it out early. And then the the month that we're currently in, we always compare our calendars. Gotcha. Did you miss anything? Mm -hmm. Do we need to add something to the calendar? <laughs> you know, don't tell me last yeah. minute. Yeah. Like we need to find a babysitter for this day because we're both going to be out. Mm -hmm. We have to plan so much in advance. Absolutely. In order to make our life work mm -hmm. because Ryan, he has a full-time job and he has track stars which is a, is another like full-time job yeah and we have becoming eva yep i have a full-time job and we have three kids mm -hmm. that have activities that they have to do so we have to be very strategic in how we plan out our month how we plan out our week and i like to work out as well and I try to get in three to five days, Monday through Friday, if I can. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have a consistent time that I go mm -hmm. because it's very dependent upon both of our schedules. Yeah. Hey, I can go early afternoon on this day. I can go early evening. I have to go the nighttime, morning time. It really varies mm -hmm. on the week. And we have to communicate the day before sometimes. When are you going to be home? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I can go to the Good. gym from five to six, still make it in time to finish up dinner. And I can start homework as soon as I pick up the kids from school. I work from home, which is very beneficial because I can drop the kids off, pick them up, still do my my normal yeah. job and then since i work from home mm -hmm. i can throw some laundry in the washing machine yeah I, I can do those types of things when i because i i have that flexibility mm -hmm. um because i work from home which is very helpful when you have kids and then i'm also involved with my with my students or my kids schools like the pto mm -hmm. and i'm volunteering at their school all the time so the day in the life of Latoya is extremely busy. Um, how I fit in devotion. Uh, for me, after having kids, I have learned to truly know what it means to walk with God. Amen. Walk with Christ because it doesn't necessarily mean that for me, I, ha I have to get up at a certain time and start my devotion because when I started nursing kids mm -hmm. and being super tired 
all the time. Mm-hmm. The morning times did not work for me. Yeah. And so for me, how I get my devotion in, sometimes it's during my lunch break. Mm-hmm. Most times it's actually nighttime for me. Nighttime is my quiet time because mm-hmm. everyone is in their beds. <laughs> it's The house is literally quiet. And I am not a morning person. Uh So uh the juices are always flowing for me at nighttime. That's good. That's when I do my devotion, Mm -hmm. like reading my Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly thinking about God. I'm listening to praise and worship music throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly singing to him. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly praying to Mm -hmm. him throughout the day, even in the morning, even even if it's a quick prayer, Mm -hmm. even if I'm dropping the kids off, I'm teaching them to pray on our way to school. Uh, We would pray in the car sometimes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they would say, mommy, pray for me for this. And and even at nighttime, I try to train my, my children so at nighttime, we normally do a children's, we have a children's Bible and we'll read a story mm-hmm. from the children's Bible mm-hmm. and then we pray. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to teach them about quiet time with God and yeah. we do it collectively um, with my girls. Mm-hmm. It's normally the two oldest ones and Ryan normally has the youngest one and we'll read from the children's Bible and we'll pray together yeah. and then they go to bed. So I'm trying to train them, you know, train yeah, them, up them up in that in in that way as mm-hmm. well but um for me i have to fit in the devotion mm-hmm. throughout my day i just Absolutely. make it work and sometimes if i'm working out at the gym mm-hmm. um sometimes i'm listening to mm-hmm. the bible mm-hmm. on my airpods while i'm working out i just fit it in with yeah. my day and but as far as like quiet quiet time mm-hmm. that's normally at night for me yeah and you bring up a great point because it really is about finding your prime time you want to give your best to god and whatever that time is when you're most alert when you're most able to tune in to hear his voice and spend time with him that's the time that you want to give with him you know um if you can do it first thing in the morning great if you have to do it at night before you go to bed great you know throughout the day honestly it should be everyone i mean I think about the word of God where it says pray continuously, pray incessantly. And that doesn't mean that you walking around. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, but it means that you're constantly in communication with him. You know, how do I respond to this person that's getting on my nerves at my job? Lord God, (laughs) that could be the dialogue in your head. How do I solve this problem at my work? How do I, you know, those could be things, you know, or thank you, God, when you do get resolution or you do, you know, are able to find solutions and, and get things done you know that happens continuously working out it really is an act of worship i call on the name of the lord every time i'm working out because i'm usually out of my comfort zone i'm like oh god thank you jesus as i'm pushing up and (laughs) sitting up and pulling up and running you know so it you know Calling and communicating with God like throughout the day is key. Your car, oh my goodness. When I tell you your car can be a place of worship. And the shower too. Yeah, the shower is good too. The shower is really good. Wherever you feel like you can get those moments. And if you feel like, okay, I'm so busy, I have no time. Guess what? If you're commuting in your car, turn that radio off. Turn that podcast off. Well, not necessarily becoming either. But turn that radio (laughs) off. And, like, spend some time with God. Like, really, you know, embrace those moments when you have some silence and you have some time to yourself to spend with him. Like, spend that 
spend those pockets with him. He wants to be involved in all of it. And I think so many times we kind of train ourselves to like section off certain parts like, okay, I went to church on Sunday. I'm good. Or, you know, or even I read my Bible this morning and I'm good. But God wants to be involved in all of it. You know, he wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. So bring him in and communicate with him throughout the day. That's so good. Very key what you said. So... I know that our listeners are, are in all different ages from yes, high they school, are. college, mm-hmm. older. Um, tell us about the different seasons of your life, even yeah. from the high school yeah. to college to being married. Really and good. What did that look like? And how did your spir- spiritual? Mm-hmm. How did you incorporate your spiritual life throughout okay. those seasons? Like, tell us. Yeah. What did that look like for you? Well, I will I will start by saying, you know, and most people say I was raised in the church, you know, I was born in the church, whatever. So, I, you know, that's when I was saved. And I'm like, when did you when did you decide you're going to give your life to Christ? Like and that's usually what I go off of, you know. So for me, I mean, I was exposed to church as, at an early age. Um, but honestly, probably around my tween years, like 11, 12 you know um I was like I don't want to go to church and my mom my mom was very liberal in how she raised me I mean we would you know talk about how I was feeling or how I wanted to handle certain things so during that season she was like if you don't want to go to church you don't have to some parents would be like what and I would not necessarily say that was the right way it honestly depends on your child you know your child best okay so I'll just leave it at that but all that to say she gave me the grace during that season to not necessarily go to church And about the age of 13, I decided I'm ready to go back to church. I want to go to church. And when I went, it was like full speed. Like I gave my life to Christ. I I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. You know, I got saved. um, Well, I got saved. I got baptized. Um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. I mean, like literally, like it was like 13, 14, 15. Like that was the route that I took. I joined the praise team at my church. I was the youngest, the only youth on our adult praise team. And like I really just like dove in at that age. So as a teenager, my life... um, was very much ingrained in church and spending time with God and and building that relationship with him. And I can genuinely say I felt like I had a relationship with him. You know, I talked to him about everything. However, I will say I was still compartmentalizing, you know, as y'all heard me say during episode one, I love to dance. <laughs> so Maya was in them clubs. I'm just saying <laughs> Maya was in them clubs Uh-oh. because I love to <laughs> dance. Now, you know, was I doing crazy stuff in the clubs? No. Was I smoking? Was I drinking? No. But, you know, for me, that's, you know, it was nothing for me to go to a club on Saturday night and be singing praise and worship on Sunday morning that's I'm not saying it's right I'm just telling you that was my journey it took me a minute to be like okay there is a more constructive way to you know um dance before the Lord and celebrate before the Lord and um you know in a more positive environment if you will so um which brings me to college so college comes and um I am all the, uh, far away from home, I was um, raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota, or right outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, in a town called Richfield. Shout out to my Richfield people um, that may be watching, uh, Richfield, Minnesota. And so uh, I was far away from home when I came to college. I came to Atlanta to attend Spelman College. Shout out to my Spelmanites. And um, so I was far away from home. And I, at that moment, I had to decide 
okay, what type of life am I going to live? You know, nobody's looking over my shoulder. No one is judging me. I was no longer um, in actively involved in ministry, at least at the time. So I could basically create whatever persona I wanted to create. You know, if, I, if I'm going to be the goody two shoes, if I'm going to be the around the way girl, if I'm going to be, you know, whatever. So I really had to decide what steps I wanted to take. Um, I actually had a friend, my pastor's niece uh, in Minnesota was a Spelmanite. And so we connected very early on and she actually introduced me to a campus ministry. And I remember like the first week of college, and this is one of the reasons why I love my mother so much because I had a very open relationship with her. I remember the first week of college, um, I and everybody was going to the club and I was on the phone with my mom like, should I go to the club tonight? Like. We just had that type of relationship. And she was like, well, I mean, if you want to, you can, but it's really up to you, you know? And I did go to the club that night. I'm going to be honest. I didn't get convicted. I did go to the club that night and was dancing with some brother all night or what have you. But the next morning, I was like, well, I don't think I want to do that again. Because I just, it just felt empty to me. It, I don't know any other way to explain it, but it felt empty to me. And so that was the one and only time that I went to the club in college. And then, well, maybe not. There's a whole nother story <laughs> behind that. But anyway, <laughs> after that, though, I decided that wasn't how I was going to get down. And so I started attending the campus ministry uh, meetings that um, my pastor's niece told me about. Joined the campus ministry, um, which actually um, led me to my involvement with the church that I was involved in for most of my young adult life. And that, to me, honestly gave me more life. Um, and when I say that, I felt... Um, I felt uh, like there was more substance, like I was meeting people that were genuine, that were authentic, you know, that were attractive, if I'm honest. Let me say, before I went to college, I did not meet Christians that were like all in, that really cared about how they looked, that were like dress savvy, that were like cool, that were like hip, you know. And so I didn't feel like I was missing anything. They loved to dance. Now we wasn't like dropping it, but we were dancing and celebrating and having a good time. And so I didn't feel like I was missing anything by fully giving my life over to being a Christian, if that makes sense. So in college, I was like, you know, I continued down the path and God surrounded me with people that showed me how to live my whole life for Christ and not just my Sundays and my quiet time as I was doing in high school, you know. So I was going pretty hard in in um, in college. And then my young adult life, um, I transitioned into working full time ministry for the church that was um that the that was affiliated with that college ministry, which I would have never in my life dreamt or thought of or focused on. Like if you'd have, if you'd have told me in um, high school that you're gonna be working in full time ministry in your tw in your twenties, I would have been like, "What are you talking about? I'm going to New York. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that." You know, and that just wasn't what God had planned for me. You know, so I worked in full time ministry for about ten years. Um, most of my 20s into my early 30s and that life was that time or season for me was interesting because I was immersed in church I was immersed in you know 
Christianity. So where I worked was where I worshipped. And most of the people that I hung out with were in that same environment. So honestly, if I'm honest, and it's just now stepping out of that environment that I'm realizing, you know, or, or you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. just realizing some areas that were off kilter or out of balance. Um, some of that became legalistic for me because I felt like everyone around me is living a certain way. I have to live a certain way instead of it being a personal conviction for me that came out of my own personal relationship with God. Um, because honestly, that's the only thing that's going to last when you have a personal conviction and you know, um, you know, God isn't pleased with something in your life, then you're willing to change it. It shouldn't be because somebody's pressuring you or somebody's saying, well, you know, you need to do this or, you know, you need to do that. I mean, you can do it for a while and it may help or it may work, but it's not going to last and it's not going to produce like eternal fruit that we talk about. So I was in full time ministry for about 10 years as a single. That's actually where and how I met my husband. And uh, we were serving together. We were friends for a long time. A long time. And then <laughs> finally, um, the halfway through there, we started dating and got married. And actually, the year before or the year after we got married was my last year serving in full-time ministry because at that time, and I had known for a while, like, okay, I need to, you know, get back to pursuing the things that God has put in my heart to do, which I knew I needed to step out, basically step out on faith and pursue some other things. And so um, when I stepped out in that regard and as a new wife and all of that, my relationship with God changed, shifted even more because it was like, OK, God, we out here. Like, what does life look like for me? Now, you know, I don't have a community, a close knit community around me saying this is how you should live or this is what we always do this time of year. Like it was like, how how do you want me to live, God? You know, and how do you want me to walk these certain things out? And so I was very dependent on God because I was new as a wife. You know, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, <laughs> with my career, how to fulfill the purposes God gave me. And then shortly thereafter, it was diagnosed with cancer. So I was really dependent on God, like, oh, my God, am I going to die? Like, what's going to happen here? Like, really, really. And that kind of brings me to where I am now, because I would say for the last five years, I've been like, OK, God, when can I get back to normal? When can I get back to normal? And he's like, this is your new normal. Like, and when I say this is your new normal, like your new normal is coming to me every single day and saying, what do you want to do through me? How do you want to use me today? What does today look like? Like that will not change. And honestly, that should not change. I'm just now getting to the point where I realize that should not change. I need to come to God every day and I need to be just as desperate and just as dependent upon him as if my life depends on it because it does whether I realize it or not, and ask him what he wants me to do and how he wants me to spend my time. So I know that was a long story, but <laughs> that gave you kind of the different seasons, you know, and you see in some cases, you know, I dealt with legalism. In some cases, I dealt with being super liberal, you know, and now I'm at this place of just daily dependence on God. So how how did your time with God and and all of that look during your different phases and seasons as a woman? Well, I grew up Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. So 
high school was, it was a journey for me. I grew up in the church, got baptized at a young age. I was serving as a Sunday school teacher when I was in high school. So I was always connected to the church. And not, but I still didn't think I actually had a real personal relationship to with him until I got to college. Gotcha. But I'll get to that in a second. Um, high school, I dated this boy for a whole year before my parents even found out about him. Oh, wow. Him. Okay. And so All that's right. another conversation uh, <laughs> for, a different, uh, for a different day. But I dated him, and I didn't really have any mentors. My stepsister didn't live with us. So I didn't have anyone to really um, talk to about mm -hmm. how do you date? Mm -hmm. How do you set boundaries? I had to figure stuff out kind of on my own and so college came and I still dated him for like the first year in college okay and so we ended up breaking up and I did a little bit like you I was like I'm free <laughs> I, I grew up Pentecostal, and now it's time to explore the world. Like, we didn't listen to secular music. We didn't really dance. Uh -huh. None of that stuff growing uh -huh. up. So my friends, they were like, let's get you a whole new wardrobe because all of my clothes were all baggy, and it looked like I didn't have any shape. That's how my parents would buy our clothes, like, really, really big. And so they're like, Trying let's, to cover you up. let's go shopping. Let's go to the club. Let's dance. And so I did that in mm -hmm. college. I was definitely like going to the clubs. Mm -hmm. And I know it was way more than one time for me. I can't <laughs> even lie. I was doing all of that. And then at one point, um, I was going to different churches trying to find mm -hmm. my church home. Mm -hmm. And nothing really felt like home. And then this it just got old, all yeah. that like clubbing, um, date, dating different guys. Mm -hmm. I had an issue with um, learning how to distinguish between the wolves in sheep clothing yeah. and those that were really that's, light. We're going to talk um, so about that's that. That's another topic. So for me, I didn't really have any serious boyfriends while I was in college after mm -hmm. I broke up with my high school boyfriend. I was just, you know, having fun. Like, you can take me out on Tuesday. Let's go to the movies. And then you could take me out on mm -hmm. Friday. You can go get something to eat, you know. <laughs> it was cool. Like, I wasn't doing anything mm -hmm. with them or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I was just having fun. Yeah. And then it got old. And I was like, this is this something's missing and then the holy spirit started tugging on my heart and was like okay you've had your fun time to come on back come on back mm -hmm. and so eventually i um one of my friends um took me to word of faith and that's where i felt like okay this is home Amen. and i reconnected with god and re I learned how to have my devotion time, my mm -hmm. quiet time, because it wasn't really modeled for me gotcha. growing up. Yeah. So I didn't really have like the, the quiet time and stuff like that. Not until 
it was, um, I guess, modeled for me mm-hmm. how to do that. And then from there, I got connected with the Word of Faith ministry. Mm-hmm. I started um, teaching in the Sunday school again and just really finding people in the church to become my friends and to have that fellowship. That really helps when you're on your walk with God is being surrounded by people that are like-minded like yeah. you and trying to be godly and trying to be be Christ-like. And so I got surrounded with new friends and then I, I met um, someone in the church and I dated him for four years mm-hmm. and uh, we broke up and that's another story for another time. And then eventually I met Ryan and at this point in my life, I had a strong relationship with God. God had started showing me um, different gifts that he had put Mm -hmm. inside of me, different spiritual gifts. I started really um, using those spiritual gifts and really communicating with God. And that desire to have a more intimate relationship with him grew stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And then I got married. And then the rest is history. Um, So, you know, put it simple uh, as far as my my journey through different seasons of life, but Mm -hmm. I really had to learn um, how to have a personal relationship with God on my own. And it wasn't like my parents forcing me to Mm -hmm. go to church anymore. Mm -hmm. It was that desire inside of me. Yeah. Um, But I think it's time for an Eva moment. All right. Here we go. What is a takeaway that we can tell our audience about from today's topic? I would say, and we we kind of we kind of landed there. Really, the whole woman is about developing your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Like really, because if you allow, you know, other people or um, other um, rituals or or just um, traditions or what have you shape that, it will not last. So you have to figure out what works for you as it relates to your own personal relationship. And then once that is developed, then and nurtured on a consistent basis, then really that relationship is going to give you the roadmap for every other aspect of your life. It really is. So I would say making sure that you have a defined personal relationship with Christ that's not modeled after anyone or anything else or based on anyone else's expectations. Awesome. And now it's time for the Noble Character Acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. And just as a reminder, if you want to submit a person of noble character, make sure you go to our website and click on Noble Character and submit the person's name and a description of why you want to recognize them. So today's acknowledgement is from someone who sent in a noble character submission. So this person sent in um, a person's name. Her name is Cassandra Bolar. She deserves recognition as a virtuous woman. She has her own great things going like publishing a book, Awesome. Creating curriculum for premarital counseling, yes. counseling people, 
teaching at a university, and more. But she is very meek and humble in the way she prioritizes and serves her family. She has two little ones who she takes great care of, and she took a whole year from her own career just to help her husband launch his chiropractic office. She demonstrates her love for God and her family, even above building her own accolades. And her attitude and grace are remarkable. So Cassandra Bolar, if you're listening, um, someone wanted to recognize you as a woman of noble character. So we love celebrating women who are making a difference in their family, their neighborhood and on their jobs. Absolutely. And I do, I do want to take some time right now to acknowledge, and I meant to acknowledge this during episode one. Um, but I know, um, want to um, just shout out the the women of the Evans family. Uh, I know uh, Dr. Lois Evans passed away a couple of weeks ago, and uh, her family has just been super gracious and super um, just encouraging in the midst of them mourning, you know, the loss of their earthly, her being here on earth, you know, but they've been incredible witnesses throughout all of it. And so I just want to shout out, first of all, celebrate the legacy of Dr. Lois Evans, but then also her children, you know, all four of them. Um, keep them in your prayers, but um, particularly their their daughters, Priscilla Shire, you may know, um, is an incredible uh, speaker and writer. Crystal Evans Hurst, another incredible speaker and writer, you know, and give them shout outs as well during this time and, and solicit your prayers. Um, three incredible, incredible women. So shout out to the Evans family. And last week, you guys had a Becoming Eva Challenge. You did. It was a, a vision board for 2020. I shared mine on our page. So don't forget to submit your vision board so we can share them with the community. I do want to shout out Miss Adrienne Pettit. Yeah, She has been diligently working on her vision board, and I want to just just to share some of the things that she's incorporating this year. She wants to incorporate kingdom family. Awesome. She wants her family to more to be more kingdom focused mm-hmm. this year and get back to the assignments that God has called us to. Amen. She's also focusing on she said stick to this. This is referring to her managing her finances. Every year we set budgets, but we can do better be better stewards over sticking to it from month to month. I want out of debt. Amen. And she also wants to grow a garden. Um, she's trying to eat healthier. And so by doing that, she's going to grow some basic veggies this year. A lot of zucchini, squash, tomatoes, um, okra, and spinach. She wants to incorporate her prayer journal get back to those quiet moments with God so that she can continue to stay connected with the father and her desire to start back writing music again. And this is usually how she receives the songs from God and balance. She also Mm -hmm. is going to focus on balance this year. She said, so we struggle so much with as mothers, teachers, careers, families, et cetera. Mm -hmm. This year, she's going to be focusing on time out for herself and the things that she enjoys doing most. Very she good. has to balance more of she has to balance more so that she can be good for those that she loves, which is very important yeah. and, and also ties into what we were talking about yeah. today, the whole woman. So do you want to tell them about this week's Becoming Eva Challenge? Yes. Okay, so this week's Becoming Eva Challenge is to incorporate a weekly Sabbath. 
Okay, so a lot of people are like, what does that mean? It means you set aside time where you rest, where you focus on renewal, where you focus on what nurtures you, what refreshes you. And it could be anything. I mean, you have to sit down and really decide, okay, what nurtures my spirit? You know, for me, it's being outdoors. It's nature. So it might be, you know, I might go hiking on or, or for a long walk on my um on my Sabbath, you know, or spend time with my husband, you know, on my Sabbath. Like those are times for me to refresh and be renewed, you know. It may be spending time in silence and solitude because you're always on the go. Like I'm gonna take time to be still. I don't know what being still looks like, or I'm gonna take time to have some silence around me because everything is so loud and busy, you know. But really just making sure that you take time to slow down once a week. And I always tell people if you can't do a whole day, if it just seems like one day is just like not gonna work right now, then start with an evening. Pick an evening during the week and say, hey, I'm not doing anything when I get off work today, like nothing. Or I might go get my toes done. You know, I might go get my hair did, whatever. I might want, I might take care of myself during this time and see what happens. Like, and remind yourself that when you take time to nurture yourself, then it helps you to nurture other people. So I would say this week's challenge is to embrace a personal Sabbath. And join us next week when we discuss the topic of beauty from the inside out. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva. That's one word. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. Thank you guys so much for joining us live. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. We love you guys and see you guys soon. Have an awesome week. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time.